Hello, and welcome to For Heaven's Sake, a Seventh Heaven podcast. I am your co-host, Lady J. And your other co-host, Curly Sue. (laughs) (laughs) That That was so great. Nope. (laughs) Of course I haven't. Okay, you need to watch Curly Sue. Do you know me but at all? (laughs) Um... So yeah, so I'm like all thinking about Curly Sue and Shirley Temple now, because that's who it is, right? What Curly Sue? Yeah, um, isn't it Shirley about the Temple? 80s movie. Oh, or is it early 90s, whatever. Belushi's in it, but oh yeah, 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 I remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. All right. Um, so we're gonna be talking about episode twelve in season two today. Um, the episode is called "Rush to Judgment." And the Amazon Prime synopsis. No, spoilies. The the Amazon Prime spoilies, (laughs) as we're calling it from now on, because this is a spoiler, y'all. Like, no kidding around. Neither of us read the the spoiler. Which I never knew, but the fact that... okay, I didn't read it either. Let's clarify this. For once, in a Mm -hmm. really long time... If ever. No, no, no. Season one... Episode one, you and I had watched it together. Is that true? Yes. Oh, that must be you true. Let me watch it on my own, but you were still in the living room. Oh, okay, that's right. Okay. That's right. And you, you kept reminding me. No talking. No talking. Save it for the air. So this time again, we watched this episode together, and we made sure not to talk about it. No. So that we can have everything fresh for this episode. That's right. But dude, it's a fucking spoily this spoily is a spoily so it's mary's hurt and confused when her coach's interest in her moves beyond the basketball court horrible which is like basically everything you need to know about this episode no seriously because i'm glad that you and i didn't read this yes we just sat there and we watched it from beginning to end. And I, I already had this suspicion because of the way that the episode was progressing. Yeah. Obviously. But I still had this glimmer of doubt in my head of like, so is this or isn't this? No, I was hoping it wasn't. Me too. Me really too. But then, but then I kept telling myself, but this is Seventh Heaven and there has to be a moral of the story here. But there was a moral. No, I mean, of course. No, there was. And that's exactly the point. Like, so of course they're going to go down this path. They're going to toy and tease us, you know, until it comes to a head or whatever. But definitely had we read the spoily before, it would have been exactly like I would have been watching it the whole time, knowing where it was going to end, which I think ultimately would have hurt the episode Mm -hmm. for like in terms of our viewing of it, because the way that they built it up kind of worked, I think, not to give my rating too soon or whatever. It it did. I was hoping it wouldn't go that way. That I was hoping it wouldn't go that way. Yeah. Until when we get into it, but it's whenever Lucy reveals whatever it is that she's feeling. Yeah. It was then where I was like, shit, they're going there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, was it for you when Lucy starts revealing how she's feeling? Because for me, I took that scene and the way that it all ended, like, no, you're crazy. I was like, I well, guess, is she crazy? Well, look, when Annie talks to, when she's like, her and Mary are in the kitchen and they're talking and she's like, it's just so interesting to me how Matt has this, has his own, um, I, I, when Matt speaks of uh, Miss 
Mr. Coper or Coach, Coach Coper, yeah. Whatever. Whenever uh, Matt speaks about him, it's just kind of like it's a different character. And when you speak about him, it's a different person. So she, she, and she said, I don't understand it or whatever it is that she says in that scene. I can't really remember. I'm, she basically, it's so she's talking to Mary. She's like, you're, you're both speaking about two different people. Yeah, it's like you're talking about two different people. Yeah. And so that already kind of planted a seed. But when whatever Lucy sees, I remember before Lucy even comes into the scene, I was like, this is wrong. Creepy. Yeah. Already I said, this is wrong. Yeah. And I hate that. You hate that they did it? Or that no, you felt that way. I hate that I felt that way, but interesting. Uh, but I think they did a pretty good job. Uh, as weird as that sounds, or I mean, anybody can disagree with me, but f- for right now, for how I watched it and how I interpreted, I think they didn't. I think they did a really good job. Well, yeah, and so so let's talk about the one thing that we did talk about after we watched the episode together, which, so, um, you know, the next however many minutes of this podcast will be a spoiler for episode four, I think, of season six of Girls on HBO. Oh, my God. So, um, So just putting that out there to anybody who like hasn't seen girls but wants to or we're just sorry, hasn't but we're gonna discuss we, we have to get into it because it's too weird and crazy that of a coincidence that this happened so t and i both recently watched episode four of is it episode four or episode three? Oh, it might be three i think you're right okay episode three yeah it is three it's yeah, yeah yeah it is three you're right it's called what american bitch american b star 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 h okay so yeah american bitch, bitch <laughs> Um, so yeah, so spoilers for girls, if you haven't seen it yet, just saying, um, you know, fast forward like 20 minutes or something, (laughs) um, at least probably. Um, so in this episode of girls, Lena Dunham's character, Hannah or whatever, describes an instance of when she was like in third grade and her teacher like was like inappropriately sort of like massaging her and like shoulders putting his hands in her hair just kind of yeah and and in and her story her too. yes and in her story it happens like in class and it's a completely it was, it's a completely different sort of circumstance or whatever sure that's as it's described in girls but it's just it was like really weird of a coincidence that in this episode of seventh heaven that we watched like pretty much right after we saw that episode of girls it. That's exactly what happens to Mary yeah. is like this guy who's a total predator is like using his position of power mm-hmm. and starts like massaging Mary and like becoming inappropriate. But it's the last like 10 minutes of the episode. Oh, yeah. It's building to this this whole time. But that I think that's what made it so powerful for this episode. I agree. I agree. I like that they threaded the needle like mm-hmm. with this episode. Like it wasn't. Like, because typically in an episode like This is Seventh Heaven, mm-hmm. the thesis is laid out yeah. in the beginning, and then it's like resolution, 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 right? Yeah. Whereas in this episode, it's like, it's a slow burn. Like, yeah. you know, you, the viewer, are hearing Mary, like, talk a door, like, like with, with, like, such adoration for Coach Coper. Yep. 
like because he has helped her like do her rehab and like you know she's back a thousand percent and she's gonna be back on the team and everything and she really appreciates him for that and he's helped her do that or whatever and so she speaks him she speaks about him with such adoration whereas matt can't stand the guy right and um that's when annie's like it's like you guys are talking about two different people i can't reconcile these two versions of coper in my head um and then, and then when Lucy oversees, like over, I was going to say overhears, but she likes, you know, accidentally sees this like inappropriately long hug. Yeah. Um, but again, it's like, it like doesn't go anywhere. I and know. then, and then, and then it, even at the end, it feels like it's not going to go anywhere. And then it does. And you're just like, whoa. Okay. Do you remember in season one when we were discussing about Matt and um, Annie's friend that was hitting on him and... Was that season one? That was in season one. You're right. And in that episode, you and I, we were basically complaining about how irresponsible it all was. Yeah, I didn't like... I didn't like that episode. That weird bullshit about the sexism and the woman and all that shit. I felt it was very irresponsible. However, in this episode, it was nicely done. It was. It's not irresponsible. Um... I, I, I can't I can't stress it enough. It's it was nicely done and I mean it freaked me out. Are we being fair? And and I think we are, right? But I'm again just to play devil's advocate and like to like draw this out, I'm wondering if there is like this inherent difference between like a female predator and a male predator. Look, I think anybody that abuses their power is a predator. Whether yeah. you're male or female, it doesn't matter. Yeah. This is how I'm... It's just how I see it. And I'm black and white with it. There, For me, there is no gray area. You shouldn't be messing with anybody. I, I honestly believe that most people, even at 18, don't really know exactly who they are. When they're kids, I feel like it's more instinctual. It's just like, yes, no, it's... I think for kids, it's more black and white. But teens, you're developing your, what do I agree with? Who am I? It's all these questions. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of questions in your teens. Mm -hmm. And almost like maybe till the end of, you know, (laughs) die, it's always going to be questions. Sure. But I feel like your teens to your early 20s is big questions. And you're always trying to figure out who the hell you are and what you're going to try to be or who you want to become or what's the person that you're tr- you're turning into, whatever it is, your values or your morals. or I just feel like if there is someone that is in power and they come and step in the way of that, no matter what, it's an abuse of power. And I will, in, in many ways, will look at them as a predator but that's my opinion no and that's fair I I agree with you my question is more just like you know how we were just like so disgusted of I well, maybe that maybe this disgusted isn't the right word but like you know how we were just like this show just doesn't understand how to like do the storyline because why aren't they kicking Rachel out of the house for mm-hmm. abusing Matt in this way and like why are they like you know like it's like they handled it wrong, right? I think so. And it, and whereas I, whereas 
for a male predator, yeah. it's like the same story. Yeah. I mean, even in that Matt episode, Annie says, if this was a guy doing this to Mary. Yeah. So is that because it's like kind of inherently, quote unquote, worse here, here, for a man to do it to a girl? Like, it's like, it's like, we're firing you. Get the fuck out of our yeah. school. Like, that's this, weird, this right? Is my issue with season one with that episode with Matt. The viewer was only able to see... Um, how she was basically abusing the, I'm going to try to use my words <laughs> correctly here. I, I don't want to say abusing, but I just, oh, well, maybe I am, whatever, who cares? It doesn't matter. But at this point when she's trying to take the power out of Matt's hands in the sense of um, him saying, no, I don't want to uh, hang out with you or no, I'm busy with Mary or no, I'm busy with this. She doesn't give him a choice. She doesn't let him choose it, it because he's in a predicament where he's in the house and the Annie's friend, I'm forgetting her character's name already. Rachel. Rachel. Okay, is saying, oh, yeah, no, we can hang out or whatever. And he does, and he's trying to save face. Like, he's trying to make sure that he's, like, he doesn't want to be rude in well, front of his again, parents. Well, again, that's so her that's position gonna, of power, though. Yeah, but, the, but exactly that. But here's the thing, though. We understood that because we noticed that's what she was trying to do. Eric and Annie didn't see that. The viewer only noticed that. Or okay. We were the only ones that saw that because we saw how she was trying to hit on him before that conversation happened in the kitchen. Okay. Okay, that's that's my thing. Um, again, still poorly executed in that episode. But with this, there was none of that. There was none of that. It was at... He attacked her... Like, attacked her in the sense, like, he pounced. I don't want to say attack. He pounced at the right moment when things were, where he thought, oh, okay, well, they had this idea, but guess what? It's, it's, you know, it's over, whatever. We scolded Matt and Lucy. And then he pounced on her when she thought that, like, you know, he's in her good graces. But and see, she's trying to win him over. But see, I would argue that he just slow played his long con. He that he was always like, um, like sexually harassing her. She just didn't see it that yeah, way. No, no, no. But yeah, because with Matt, we saw that like in the beginning of the episode, in like the first 10 minutes. And then with, Cooper, we the audience saw his true side at the last ten minutes. So I think I think the point you're making, which I feel like I agree with, is that the reason this episode works, whereas the Rachel one didn't, mm -hmm. isn't because of the female male dynamic at all. Oh. It's literally in the execution of yes. the storytelling. Yep. If they had told the Rachel story the way they told this story, yep. I think it would have had the same effect and been just as powerful as this one was. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, I get it. To your point, it's like in this one, we got to see like this arc of Coper like mm -hmm. abusing. Like so the, so the person he's abusing doesn't even know they're being abused no. until it's like put in her face. Well, you know what I mean? He, he's put himself on or Or he makes it more blatant, yeah, I guess. Well, he puts him. Well, he created not created. Well, I guess you can say he brought Mary along to put him on a pedestal and okay. it worked in his favor. Yeah. Because Mary did idolize him. And guys, like whoever's listening, 
Sorry, we're going to be going back and forth. and that- Oh, we're not getting into the nitty gritty with this episode. Yeah, we're just like, talking big picture yeah, here, guys. There's a lot of back and forth at this point and a lot of dissecting. So I do want to play the clip of the principal's office, though. Oh, yeah, so we let's, should. So let's set that up and then we can, you know, keep talking. But okay. so basically what happens is Mary's like talking up Cope or cash it up about how great he is, how great she feels like she's so excited to be back on the team and be back at full peak performance or whatever. And she she compares herself with that girl in the last episode who had an injury just like her, like knee surgery, whatever. And it took her two years to bounce back. Well, twice as long. Let's not exaggerate. Okay, twice as long. And Mary's bouncing back, what, like six months, six months, maybe? Roughly. Yeah, I would say about that long. Six months to a year. Not even. I would say because it's like half a season, right? We're at the halfway mark of the season, which is about, you know, four or six months or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So about six months. Basically, she's going to be jumping back into the game. She's going to be back on the team. She's making. I mean, she's back. And so she's so excited about it. And so much of that aspect or so much of her recovery and her rehab or whatever is Coper taking the time and coaching her and spending time with her and stuff. So she's just, like, really excited about the whole thing. You know what I mean? She's not excited about him. She's just excited about, like, it all. You know what I mean? Like, she's just happy and really proud of herself and excited and stuff. She is excited, but she does mention, and this is because Coper is so smart, is how she brings him up all the time, saying, you know, Coper's saying, like, I made that mile, or, like, you know, he's just saying hard work, hard work, and um, yeah. I don't know what. Whatever. He's validating her. Yes. and so In she, the way that that guy validates Hannah and girls. Like, oh my God, God, it's so gross. It's so fucking gross. I'm going to keep drawing the parallels because I can't help it Be- because it's so in my face. That episode, by the way, I think everybody should watch only because, again, it's going to be a spoiler, guys, whatever. Um, I'm going to say it. For once, you see quote-unquote, a victim, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, a predator, in a room together having a conversation about their experiences. I don't think I've ever seen that before. You've always seen a predator attack the victim. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. But this is the first time, like, it's a conversation and they're both using their words to push along their agenda. Especially... um on his part. Yeah. Yeah. What was the character's name again? Oh. It's something mm. like... Oh, Chuck. Chuck Palmer. Which is weird because it reminds me of... Uh, or Chris Palmer? I think it's Chuck. I think it's Who Chuck. Who cares? Yeah. Whatever. But um, that episode was nicely done. And... Oh, man. I just can't... Oh, it's so it's so powerful. I, I, I can't help but think that... Yeah. And it's disgusting. And you're angry at the end of the episode. But but so okay so done. so let's I want to like rein it in because I do want to have like a linear sort of conversation in terms of our episode yes, of Seventh Heaven. Yes, do it. So okay, so Mary like can't shut up about Coper, right? And um, she beats her own like mile record, like like her own record for running a mile or whatever. And at this at the moment that Coper is in a deserted hallway, no less congratulating mary for doing that Mm -hmm. and taking her into a hug Mm -hmm. like a very intimate sort of close hug in a deserted hallway at that moment lucy comes around the corner and sees this and um is 
her gut instinct tells her like I'm intruding on something right which is why she hides back around the corner and immediately like gets this weird feeling about this hug Mm -hmm. and it's been set up in the episode that Lucy's like instincts are great because of some book imagery thing that she was like nailed on the head or whatever but essentially the idea is like Lucy her gut tells her something's wrong here yeah so she says as much to Matt and then Matt being the big brother and overprotective and all those things that we love him for right um decides to go to the principal about this so the scene I want to play is the scene in the principal's office I do want to say principal's back fuck yeah Yeah. I love her she's the best (laughs) um because they just give her like the best juiciest shit like I love it anytime anytime the principal's involved I'm like yeah um (laughs) So let's play the scene, and then um, and then we can you know yeah. go from there. What's going on? Please have a seat. Matt is under the impression that Mr. Coper may have had some contact with you in some way that was inappropriate. What? Where would he get an idea like that? Hi, Lucy. Have a seat, and you can relax. You're not in any trouble. We just have a little matter we need your help to straighten out. Okay. I understand that you saw something that gave you the impression that things were not quite right between Coach Coper and your sister. I saw them hugging. He hugged me when I finished breaking my mild record. It was nothing. I thought it was. Sorry. Why did you think that it wasn't just a hug? I don't know. Something just didn't seem right. I got a bad feeling about it, but I'm sorry. That's just the way I felt. I am I must have been wrong. I, I was wrong. I mean... Obviously. Oh, man. I'll let you get back to your classes. Are you sure you were wrong, Lucy? Of course I'm wrong. I'm always wrong. But how was I supposed to know about the mile record thing? Okay. So, there's, like, a lot happening in this scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that I'm, like, really rewatching it yeah. in the moment. There's so much going on. Mm-hmm. Because let's not forget, too... That at the end of this episode, after he's been fired or whatever and, like, leaves the scene, Coper, um, Mary basically, in a wrap-up scene that I didn't like and ultimately downgraded this episode for me. I didn't, I don't know how you felt about that whole wrap-up, like, last three minutes or whatever. I didn't love it. Yeah. It felt very rushed. Yeah, and like rushed. And, like, not organically, like, real mm-hmm. somehow. But in that scene, Mary says things that indicated to me for the first time in my initial watch that she wasn't completely oblivious to this this whole time. When she says things like, um, in that last scene, she says things like, how do you know if you're feeling's enough? You know, the words he said made sense. This didn't feel right now for the first time or whatever. That indicated to me like, she maybe had felt some weird tension with him all this time. Um, I didn't take it that way. Not that she ever felt tension, but like... I That's think, fair. I mean, I could I be think, misreading it. I think he got into her psyche. He's encouraging her. He's acknowledging the greatness that she is. He's validating her. And so everything that he's saying about working hard, getting there, everything that he said isn't wrong. But it's wrong after 
when a man that's coming after you in that way, then it turns like, oh my God, he was saying the right things and I didn't realize it. I see. Okay. And, and, and she says like, everything he said was right. And you know what? It probably is right. But the, the worst part is she will not let that go. When someone like, imagine a predator is saying the, the best way to push you forward to get ahead in life. Now it's being said by a person that was trying to take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Not that whatever, like he, the guy and girls. Ugh. Not, <laughs> and, and, and it sucks because it's like, whatever he said is true. Or maybe it is the best way to push someone to be their great self or whatever, or to push them to be their greatest. But when it comes from someone that has an agenda, it's going to be hard to break down. It's going to be hard to like let that go. Like for a while, like psychologically, I think that would mess with someone. Oh, then that's with- fair. Like I don't even want to think about the, no, the long-term consequences no, no, of this for no, Mary no, no, in not, this moment. No, 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 you we're know? not going to. But what I'm yeah. saying is it's like what she said was everything he said was right and it makes sense. Because I see it now. I see what you're saying, which is not that she felt weird tension, just that she felt like it was okay for them to have this relationship because he was saying the right things. He He was was encouraging encouraging her, her. validating her, making her feel her best. Yeah. And And she didn't know that exactly that, that that he was going to take it down this dark path. Yeah. I get that. And I get that. As you replayed the scene and when the principal said, well, what made you think it's more than a hug? And it's and this is what I'm trying to say when I was really frustrated with I'm I'm pissed that I had that idea in my mind the moment that I saw them hugging and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this isn't right is because why can't it be just a hug? Mm. But but maybe it's because the way that they filmed it, I have no idea or how long the hug was, whatever. It's just but I think it's perfect that Lucy is being put in a position yeah. like, cause it's just like us, the audience, right? Yeah. Like we saw the hug. We like Lucy in that moment. We're like, that's weird. Right. Mm-hmm. Lucy had the same feeling. And then Lucy has to be like, of course I was wrong. Like, you know, like I'm always wrong. I was over dramatizing yeah. this, whatever, whatever to give us that like bait yeah. and switch feeling of like, Oh shit. You know, like but again, she, well, well played. Yeah. I think in this episode, uncharacteristically, I might but add. I love just hearing her say it just felt wrong. Like there's a part of her gut instinct speaking like this doesn't look right. Right. And I like that because in general, I think as humans, we shouldn't ignore our gut instinct. If something's not right, bro, just get out of the situation. Mm-hmm. If it's not right, just leave. It yep. it, who cares? Like, don't like who cares if you make it awkward? Who cares if you think that you might be offending the person? Just do it. No, but see, but. But in this exact scenario, though, Mary didn't feel no, awkward. No, I'm not talking about Mary. I'm talking about Lucy. So what was she, she was supposed to do? The, no, I know. So she, know. she had just like burst into that scene? No, no, no. But she's saying like she had her instinct. And then right now she just said it just didn't feel right. Like she's just saying it didn't feel right. Like there's no explanation. Well, she's not going to articulate this I, feels like sexual harassment. I, I understand that. I get that. But it was as basic as she can get to explain. It just didn't feel right. And then she yeah. goes, well, I'm wrong. I'm always wrong. Well, it's so because easy. she was exactly. It's and so she was to made backpedal. to feel exactly. She was made to feel like she needs to backtrack on yeah. that. Um, because it seems so absurd when it's brought out into the daylight and everyone's staring at you yeah. and you're like, no, <laughs> you know, like I get it. It's again, well, that's, well that's done. What, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
for once, I I don't know. They they did a pretty good job. It was. It, I gotta say, like I didn't hate it. I didn't. Annoyed, I didn't. I didn't come away from it going like fucking seventh heaven again you know like bullshit you know like drama or whatever like it felt pretty good again Mm -hmm. with the exception of that wrap-up again because it just felt very rushed rushed. maybe it was the way that they delivered the lines the principal chiming in felt Mm -hmm. like shut up this is a mother and daughter moment right now you know like the whole thing was kind of weird but that being said everything that led up to it i think pretty darn good yep um, I mean, we could talk about this forever. Should we switch gears now and talk about the other main storyline in this episode, which is Eric and Lou? But did we talk about like how he came on to marry? Oh, in, I mean, yeah, we can. We let's. Um, okay, I feel like I talked about it, but you're right. We didn't really get into it. Um, so basically, like after this confrontation in the principal's office mm-hmm. happens, um, Mary comes into Coper's classroom or whatever, like after school or something, or who cares. Um, and, you know, she's like, I'm, like, I'm so sorry that that happened. Like, yeah. you know, you have really helped me, like, get back to my peak p- performance, whatever. Like, like I don't want to lose that, you know. Yeah. And I'm so sorry that my sister's like a drama queen or whatever. Um, and she's like... Um, you know, she's like, she's like, don't let this end or whatever. And he's like, I have a career to think about. I have a reputation to think about. Like, I can't let these, like, accusations, you know, mm-hmm. just, like, keep coming at me unfounded or whatever. Yep. Um, and so he basically, like, wants to end their, their like, after Friendship school. I don't even want to call it that. Like, he, he basically tells her, like, let's, let's, like, not do our rehab sessions anymore, right? Which, again calculated predator move because putting the ball in her court like pun intended um putting the ball in her court to have to then pursue him and go like no no i want this you are good for me i'm so sorry whatever whatever just like bolsters him up you know gives him more power in the relationship um Oh, he's such a sleazeball. Yeah. They're all sleazeballs. And bastards. then she throws, like, the ball to him. Yeah, like, she sees, like, the basketball in his bag or whatever. And she so. goes and she sits down. Yeah. Which... And she says the words, come on, please. Yeah, but not only that, though, it's such an interesting power play because before they were they were standing, mm-hmm. you know, like, they were both standing, and then at some point she's sitting down and he's standing over her oh yeah he like full-on like comes towards her gets behind her and starts like rubbing her shoulders like like, down her arm yeah he's like oh okay he's like well okay we'll go play or whatever we'll go like shoot some hoops whatever it is that he says to her no 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 no. he goes not with that arm and he goes oh that that's pretty tight or it's tense like he says something like that and he starts rubbing her shoulders and she says something to the effect of like um God, what does she say? Because then his response is like, he like leans in real close, like gets his face in her face and is like, tell me what you're really thinking. Yeah. Ew. 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 It was, and yeah. she And she's like red in the face, can't even look him in the eye. She's just like looking down while his hands are all over her. And she's like, she's like, what or whatever? And he's like, he's like, come on, you know, like. He's just so sleazy. Yeah, and he's then basically just trying to 
move along yeah like you know like like you know you can tell me anything whatever whatever and then she does what you're thinking right now yeah yeah no but then but then she responds with some sort of protestation right i'm uncomfortable with this no oh is that exactly when she says okay cool uncomfortable with this that's what i was gonna say i fucking love that she gets up yeah she stands up she fucking extricates herself from the from this um situation which is what we've been talking about like preach okay ladies like if you are uncomfortable extricate yourself Mm -hmm. at any cost like don't let your like sense of propriety or whatever the fuck get in the way of extricating yourself Mm -hmm. from a situation you don't feel comfortable in anyway so she stands up she's like i'm not comfortable with this in as plain a term as any can be, you know, yeah. like super explicit, like non-consent, right? Yep. Um, and like makes to leave and he like full on like blocks her way. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where are you going to go? Hmm? Yeah. Ugh. Or like Ugh. who's going to believe you? Who's and at believe some point you. he was playing with his necktie too. Oh yeah. He full on tried to like loosen his necktie. Ugh. Ew. Yeah. Ew. All of it was disgusting. So gross. And I remember watching that thinking in my head, I'm like, we're going there. We're going there. Oh my God. Oh, it's happening. It's fucking happening. And he's like, he's like, you know, with your sister and your brother, like nobody believed them the first time. Who's going to believe them now or whatever, which is like such a disgusting thing to say. Like it's every bad villain and every bad thing that's ever existed. Yeah. Like that part was just like, okay, now no, my my point was in saying that is that like I didn't even think of it as like oh cheesy line. I was just like oh my god, <laughs> like yeah. he's that guy. You yeah, know what I mean? Like man. ew. Um, but of course, and then of course Annie and the principal have like already come into the room and have seen him say the words like "Who's gonna believe you?" or whatever, yeah, whatever. And Annie, man, I love that they were both silent, just waiting for him to continue on. Mm-hmm with whatever it is that he was about to say and then and and mary was go ahead she's like she, mary like she sees them but she just looks at him and like all right let's let's continue this conversation in a way that's weird no you know what's weird is not that that's weird it's weird that i didn't even think about that until just now well she did that see it's them. weird no because if you see it in the camera shot she looks at them, and I and I'd be like, "I'm sorry." No, I know. If her, if her eye goes, you know, to the left, wouldn't the person that's facing them be like, "Oh, what are you looking at?" No, but what's weirder is like if I'm Annie and the principal, and I walk in on somebody saying, "What are you gonna do about it?" I'm making my presence known. Like I'm not just standing silently in the background, like. I'm not just, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not waiting for the incriminating words. I'm like, what I mean, the fuck is happening here? I mean, I, I know, but... But, know, it, but it's, it's weirder. It, but exactly. And I guess it works because I, genu- I generally, genuinely, sorry, did not have that thought till just this moment mm. as we were talking about it. It, yeah. it played very naturally on the show yeah. somehow. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, like they're, like, they're bursting into the room under some sort of suspicious pretense, yeah. why wouldn't they just burst in and go like, what the fuck's happening here, you know? I know, but I mean... Eh, whatever. It, it, works, it works. It works in their favor because now that there's Because it's like unequivocal proof. Yeah, yeah. totally, I get it. But, um, but still, like, weird, you know? Like, if you really think about it too hard, yeah. it's like, what? And we should mention that Annie walked into the classroom because she had this 
feeling. She had like this premonition. Yeah, it's yeah. very much a lot of the stuff that, that happens in this episode. I mean, that's the title, right? It's yeah. like Rush to Judgment. It is about that 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 intuition, that gut instinct, yeah. I guess, that sort of governs us. Yeah. It's it's that voice in the back of our heads that tells us you know, something's off here. Yeah. Even if we don't necessarily act on it consciously or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's part of what Mary talks about at the end of the episode, you know, when after she said, like, everything he said made sense and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And Annie basically says, like, you learn to trust yourself more as you get older. Yeah. Like, you learn to trust that voice in the back of your head the mm-hmm. older you get. And then, of course, the principal chimes in with, like, there's so much we have to teach you that you can't find in the school books, which, stupid line. <laughs> like, yeah. really stupid I line. Really, really <laughs> like, unnecessary line. for her to interject this moment and for you, a nonsense comment. And if anything, it just, it just shows you, <laughs> I'm going to be a horrible person, but it's kind of like, school is just teaching you the books. It's not teaching you how to actually live and how to function if you well no because she says no but no because she says there's so much we have to teach you meaning like we as your educators have to teach you that you can't find in the school books which indicates that school is about more than just book learning yeah okay but the girl's like halfway through high school when is she gonna learn this shit to that point yes i agree but and lucy had to learn that because she watched her sister go through it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i'll tell you what though I guarantee Lucy won't be in that position. Oh, for sure. Never. No, no, no. One, because they won't repeat the storyline on the show. But two, also because knowing Lucy, she is more of a gut person. She is more, like, emotionally driven. Mm -hmm. So she is more of the type to, like, I think, like, extricate herself, like, not think logically, right? And just go, like, or not logically, but, like, not be, like, even-tempered and, like, She'll she'll just like run and storm out of the room, yeah, yeah, or you yeah. know what I mean. So like, I don't think she'll ever find herself in that position. Yeah, I mean, knock wood, I guess. <laughs> I would hope not. Yeah, but that's that episode. Very very interesting. When it comes to Mary, yeah, I mean, Mary, Matt, and Lucy. Yeah, and I did. I really enjoyed seeing Lucy and Matt bonding in this episode because it it's a dynamic I don't think we've ever seen nope. before. Nope. They never get to talk and play off of each other and stuff. And it was really fun. I think they have good chemistry together. It was just funny. Like, why can't you go study in your room? Because pod girl Cooper is... No, but no, it's better because she goes... Because she's in the room living her glory days of basketball. Yeah. <laughs> and then he asks her about James Joyce, like... Yeah, what do you think yellow and gray mean? And yeah. she's like, I don't know. Depression, confusion, just going off of my gut here. And she's like, right. You know... Yeah. Which I I never read Portrait of an Artist as a whatever the fuck that name that book is. Is color and imagery like the big central thing that like is taught in schools about that book? Like is that like the big like educational takeaway from that book is like the way that he uses color and imagery to tell the story? If that's the case then it's not a it's not bad. Like no, I, really at cool. school, I just, because I never, it was never yeah. a thing that we, like, studied in, cl- in yeah. school, and, like, I never had to read it, so I didn't, um, which sounds like I'm an idiot, but, you no. know, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I won't read it, I just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, for me, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm, like, curious to know if that's a genuine analysis that would have been taught in schools, 
And if and if the audience is supposed to know that Lucy's right in that moment. Cliff notes. I'm kidding. Um, do, do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I'm wondering if when Lucy says that, if a discerning audience well, is like, she's right. She's good, you know? That or it's already planting a seed that this girl's going off instinct. True. This is true. It's and that she's right because then yeah. Matt is able to tell her, hey, you were right with your instinct. Yeah. Which then, then that's, it's after that scene yeah. that she sees the hug yeah. and then her gut and all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Good point. Loaded. Loaded. <laughs> As in I am right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It's like not even true. <laughs> Whatever. But it's funny. Uh, yeah, I said it for the laughs, okay? <laughs> All right. So, what are you talking about? Oh, I do want to talk about one other thing, non sequitur totally, but there's a scene. Um, it's the scene when Mary's like, can't shut up about Coper, and Annie delivers that whole, like, it's like you're talking about two different people. Uh, Mary comes into the kitchen while Annie's setting up dinner, and she's like, ooh, pasta. Coach Coper says carbohydrates are great. <laughs> and I just remember thinking that is such a 90s thing to say. Like, like back when we thought carbs were the best thing for you, and now it's like if you even think about a carb, you've killed yourself, you know? I just remember whenever she started talking about him again, and for that scene, I was like, ugh, dude, I'm disgusted already. Do you know what I loved? I loved that little touch I don't know what to call it it was like a little affectation of as she's talking to Annie she like eats a carrot like she like bites mm-hmm. a little baby carrot I loved that for some reason <laughs> there I, there is something so like very nonchalantly like real about that mm-hmm. moment you know she's just a kid sitting up on the counter talking to her mom being really excited about yeah. life and my and like side note she's munching on a carrot yeah. I, I loved it I was like really cute I don't know um I noticed a lot of like acting in this episode too, yes. especially from Lucy. Yep. I felt like like just like how Ruthie had that moment for me a couple episodes or like last episode or whatever. I was like, oh, Ruthie's an actress now or an yeah. actor now. Like I saw that in Lucy in this episode. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, she's like she's not just like storming out of a room or crying. Yeah. She's like bringing something to the table, you yeah. know, like in a way that I liked and was like cool. Like I I enjoyed it. Um. Okay, I feel like we can switch gears. Yes, I'm not taking the Mary stuff off the table because I feel like I'm gonna keep vomiting girls' facts about it. But <laughs> done though. But yeah, I mean, and just kind of like the power of like the universe or whatever you want to call it, like full circle. Like mm-hmm. we'd watched this episode of Girls separately, but recent, like very recently. Yeah. And then we were like talking about it. And then this episode happens and it was just like, whoa. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. So completely separately from all this Mary business, mm-hmm. um, Eric, well, the episode opens with like the church services letting out, you know, yeah. Um, and so people are milling about the church courtyard, I guess, um, while organ music is playing, yes. by the way. And my note for that is, why is the organ still playing when church is over and everyone's outside? Like, who are you fucking playing the organ for? Anyway, um, so they're out there, um, and Lou, who we know from previous episodes, he's like on the admin board or whatever yeah. of the church, and he's acting as the treasurer. Mm-hmm. Um, comes up to Eric and is like, hey, dude, like, I think we need to cancel the Wednesday service. Yeah. Side note, since when is there a Wednesday service yeah. we've never heard about? But okay. Um, 
we have to cancel the Wednesday service because like nobody comes. We lose money keeping the air going and paying the organist and yeah. da, 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 da. like we're losing money on this. And like the collection plates never getting full off of it because mm-hmm. nobody's coming and kind of sort of like need to be conservative. And Eric's like, yeah, but you don't get it. Like I'm forming an intimate connection with these Wednesday people. It's like a little book club. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> Clearly. And Lou's like, Lou's like, trust me, I'm the money guy around here. Like, I'm telling you, we need to stop. And Eric's like, let me look at the books again. Or may, better yet, maybe Annie and, should look at the books yeah. again. And Lou's like, oh, you don't trust me? I'm the money guy. And Eric's like, I trust you. Let me just take a look at the books. Yeah. Which, again, all very weird and awkward. Yep. Um, like, I feel like I'm doing it better justice than they did in the show, like, by <laughs> retelling it. Anyway. <laughs> Um, long story short, Annie's looking at the books. $2,500 is missing. Yeah. Eric immediately goes on the defense or on the offensive and is like, that's weird. There's no way this is an accident. Mm -hmm. You know, Annie keeps trying to be like the voice of reason. Like there's gotta be a logical explanation. Don't jump to conclusions. And Eric's like, nope, calling Lou. This is weird. I don't know what's going on. I don't like it. I mean, he's right (laughs) in the end, but weird for Eric to be like you know in the position where he's like not automatically trusting his neighbor you know um but i guess it is the church's money so he takes it very seriously that or like um okay you have a point there but i also believe from season one i just assume that he's him and lou just don't get along they don't see eye to eye this is true i hadn't thought about that that's a good point so because they do kind of butt heads yeah and Annie was the one that basically um, mediated them. Yeah. Yeah. And she's yeah. doing it again. Absolutely. Um, but so let's talk about, besides what actually happened, what were your thoughts as this was unfolding? And we'll get to the whatever happens at the end there. But like, I automatically assumed like this guy really needed it for something, but I didn't think it was going to be something about like gambling or drugs. See, or I did. No, really? I did until Eric's like, could he have a gambling problem? Then I was like, well, it's not gambling, yeah, <laughs> you know, because no, obviously I not. Know, but I didn't. I know that for sure he took the money. Oh yeah. You know, well, he basically says it when Eric calls him, and he's like, "Why don't you just tell me what's going no, on?" Whenever, no, whenever he said he's like, "We don't have the money," I was like, "Oh, for sure, this guy took money from you know from the church." Yeah. For some reason. Oh, even before the yeah. money, even before I, you knew that the money was yeah, missing, I, I, I didn't get that I at all. That automatically, but I was like, for sure, this guy took the money for a big deal because he's like. He's a hard ass, but he's not a scumbag. That's yeah. the best way to put it. So if he's taking the money, he has to be in a really desperate situation. I thought that too. My initial thought was like, okay, Lou took the $2,500. I bet he's like helping family, especially because his wife, when she picks up the phone and Eric calls the first yeah. time, you can tell she's being shady too, yeah, you yeah. know? like. So I was like, oh, like they're probably, they know amongst the two of them why they took this money which means it's probably like to help family or whatever but it must be some sort of shameful situation if you stole it yeah so i was like okay and then i was like oh it must be gambling i my mind was went there Mm -hmm. until eric and annie were like he can't have a gambling problem could he and i was like well clearly now he doesn't so then i went back to my original thesis of like family stuff and then when you see the wife walking out of that store with a man, I was like, yeah. oh, that's her son. It must be the son's, like, yeah. it must be something to do with the son. 
Like, it wasn't very well, like, hidden in terms of, yeah. like, a twist. You know what yeah, I mean? it wasn't. Um, sorry. I, d- I don't know if I just cut you off no, there. No. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... I don't know. That's what I thought. And um, sure enough, it's, it's yeah, exactly that. Turns out they have an autistic son who I think they say is 30... I think so. I can't, that part I can't remember. I feel like they like they drop a number in terms of because he's not young, right? No, like he's, not. he's he's like an adult man, mm-hmm. um, but he's autistic. And Lou tells Eric and Annie when they come over that they put him in a home when he was seven, I think, yeah. or ten, because they became increasingly aware that they were ill-equipped or unequipped to raise a boy with autism so many things i hate about that talk to us or talk to us talk to me like what do you mean well you know it's just like um how maybe how far we've come or how far we haven't come with this issue with uh autistic children and like yes they need they do need different services than than other kids like it's it's all about communicating so you have to it is challenging. It's challenging for anybody. And um, I, I, it's just, I, I know people that have autistic children and they are the sweetest kids ever. And it's all about communicating with them. And it is hard and it is challenging and trying to find your words or trying to find the tone. And when you're saying you're ill-equipped, it's like, I can believe it. But it's just like, again, how, how ahead are we and how behind are we at the same time? Because, I mean, how old was that kid? Seven. Okay. How long ago? Okay. A long time ago. Yeah. Like in the 80s, right? We're assuming. Presumably, yeah. Yeah. Well, no. If he's 30 now and it's 97. Yeah. Yeah, So imagine. He was like like, born in the 70s or something. Yeah. So it's crazy. Like that's insane. Like you put, you had to put your kid in a home. Yeah. Because you were ill-equipped. Like that, that's so heartbreaking. So I, just help me out here. Like. Are you, like, in? Are, are you basically saying like it's an indictment on Lou and his wife, or just a no, general no. statement about like no because I society get, society not not about not about Lou and his wife because who knows what people go through and who knows what it is they're capable or or not capable of doing. Sure, there's no way of measuring that because I will say this, and I mean I'm gonna say this in the show like they talk about it like. Lou makes it very clear that the reason he doesn't talk about that the fact that he even has a son, let alone a son with autism, is because he knows that society will judge him when they find out that he put his seven-year-old son in a home. And I think that's more of an indictment on, like, society than on Lou and his wife as parents. Like, Because I I think... Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, because I feel like today first of all unfortunately social services and things like that that would that would allow for a seven-year-old to be put into a home like Mm -hmm. are fewer and further between and certainly not publicly funded probably so it's really like you have to have money for something like that you know which is essentially like the crux of this episode anyway but like now I feel like it's really no better. I feel like it's even worse. I feel like people will judge parents even more yeah. now if they put their kid in a home yeah. at seven or at any age. You know what I mean? And, oh man, I don't know. It's just, it's just really, 
It's just really sad. It doesn't but matter how much information you know or how much research you do. Every child is different. The way that they respond is different. You can have all the knowledge, but you don't know what's going to work for that kid until yeah. you work it out with them. Autism or not, honestly. It's hard. It, having Raising a kid is very hard. Yeah, seriously. Trying to get a kid to be like a normal human being <laughs> seriously. is hard. Um, or as best of a normal human being as we can all yeah. be. But because I liked the, the part where they they talk about, you know, like Lou, because it's Lou Jr., might mind, mm-hmm. mind you, the kid's name. Um, like Lou, like, you know, partly because, because of his autism or whatever, like, you know, he needs a routine. He, yeah. if, the, if anything deviated even slightly from a routine, he would have tantrums and yeah. get hysterical and stuff. So that's part, like, that's mainly, I think, the reason why they had to put him in a home because, yeah. because of life. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like he needed to be in a stable environment where it could be routine and it could be yeah. controlled and they say like he thrived and it's not like they just abandoned him in yeah. a home. They yeah. still had a relationship with him. Yeah. It's just that they couldn't be there for him 24 seven the way a place that that handles like the, or that cares for these people could be, yep. you know, and provide the structure and everything. And I mean, let's be real. Society is pretty judgy. Oh, yeah. Rush to judgment yep. again. Coming yeah. back. Um, it's just it's it's sad. That's all it is. Yeah. It's sad. And and I assumed it was going to be something like that. Mm-hmm. Like um, how it was with, uh, what was it, season one with the other, the good-looking pastor. Oh, God. That's so not like this. No, no, no. What I'm trying oh, to say is Oh, I see what like, you're saying, though. It's going to be something like this, like where it's, you know, it's, um, it's this personal, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt. Like it was going to be this personal. It wasn't going to be something... Um, gambling or drugs or whatever it was that's i I don't know i just had that gut feeling it has to do with family and it's going to be this personal yeah i don't think i could have ever called like autism but i was like oh maybe like maybe like they have like a deadbeat type of son who's like drugs or got in with the wrong gang crowd or something you know like i don't know i just assumed like family drama kind of sort of i guess um uh, like when it comes to things like this, like I don't have much of an opinion, only that don't rush to judgment because uh, every family has its strengths and its weaknesses and you never know what it is that they're capable of doing. Just be compassionate. That's mm-hmm. all it is. And it's hard and you wouldn't know unless you're in it. Yeah. That's it. I will say just to be funny, I guess. <laughs> so there's this moment at the end of this scene when Lou basically like comes clean or whatever mm-hmm. and explains why he took the money, blah, blah, blah. Um, Eric's like, I think that like, I want to help you guys. Like, cause basically essentially like Lou doesn't have a place to live anymore. Cause yeah. the public facility he was at closed down. They were in a private place, but they ran through their savings. Then there's this new place, but they needed a deposit. Yep. That, that's why he stole the money from the church. He was going to put it back once his check cleared from his, um, 401 or pension yeah, or whatever, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically like Eric's like, I'm going to help you guys out. Like I'm going to help you find a place for him to live. Um, you know, it's just a matter of like making the right calls and having the right contacts. And then I was like, 
can Eric just like not have a connection somewhere for once? Like yeah. how many fucking people does Eric know? Seriously. Like he's always got the right guy to call for this exact scenario. Like how is this possible? And I'm just like, dude, Eric, he's only you- ever lived in two places yeah, as far where as we have know. You been? What have you seen? Seriously, who are your seriously, it's so weird. Speaking of who are his friends, where's uh, Reverend Hamilton? I know, I miss him. It's been a minute. I think the last time we saw him was the episode with their, when they stole the cups, right? Yeah. Or was Valentine's after that? Oh, Might have been after that. Whatever. Oh, that episode. <laughs> the I'm Valentine's gonna, episode? Oh, God. <laughs> it was a nightmare. I'm going to, you know, have sex with you in the tent right over next to the Reverend Hamilton's tent. And I'm going to pick up a call from your ex-husband and ruin Valentine's Day. Oh, my. Ah. Oh, <laughs> horrible. And that red necklace. Oh, reverends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, reverends. What are you going to do? Um, okay. okay, also, <laughs> Both sorry. Gonna, okay. <laughs> okay, again, I'm switching gears now. I just want to talk a little bit about Ruthie and Simon. Minor, um, we should, minor story, cute. super cute. I just want to say this, though. Is Ruthie pulling the heads off of her dolls? Because that's oh, psychopathic dude. behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, she's awesome. Whatever. Like, she, like, legit... Simon's like, I'll put your heads back on your dolls. And she's like, meh. And then cut to a shot of a headless doll on her fucking bed. Yep. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Ruthie is a psychopath. Holy shit. I'm like, what is happening? She's very, like blase in this episode like it's really like weird in a fine i mean like it's fine whatever because i know take, it's not gonna last or mean anything heads off your do- I mean, you know, the heads off first of all i didn't have dolls i was more of a stuffed animal person i had stuffed animals i never liked dolls or i can't say that i just never cared for dolls like i didn't like that whole like i'm gonna make your arms move and pretend like you're a person and but yet my but like i'm controlling you like i, I never could wrap my head yeah. around that <laughs> Like, I was not a Barbie person at all. I think my mom tried to make me a Barbie person. Same. And I would cut their hair. <laughs> oh, nice. I would cut their hair. Nice. The only... Uh, no. I liked washing Barbie's hair. Like, I liked getting it wet and, like, brushing it and that whole thing. Yeah, okay. That, I've, I've done that too, but I know that I've cut their hair. Cause, and my mom would come and she's like, what did you just do? I'm like, I don't know. I just didn't like their hair. <laughs> I don't know. My mom had visions of like becoming a Barbie collector at some point. I mean, I guess she is one cause she has like at least 10 Barbies in their original boxes that have never been touched. So I guess that kind of makes you a collector, but in her mind, like she was going to like amass a Barbie collection, you know, but part of that was like getting me into Barbies See, for like, some reason. Barbie wasn't a problem when my mom brought home like a doll. I looked at Oh, her. like like an actual, like a different type of doll. Oh my God, those things scared the shit out of me. I, <laughs> I told her, I said, Mom, you're returning that. And she, I was like, and I said, I'm like, take it back, take it back. And she said, why? I'm like, Mom, I've watched Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, because I have, and I've watched all of them. And I remember just, I'm like, Mm-mm, this is not something I want. Or I'd be like. Not today, doll. No. Not today. Or if she had a doll, if she would bring it, I'd be like, you have to put that in the closet. <laughs> No, because I'm not going to open That's it, and funny. I don't want that thing staring at me. That's I, funny. I I did not like dolls. I hate them now. They they don't creep me out, but I'm just like, okay, they have their value in a box, 
But playing with them still also creeps me out. Nah, I, I just want a don't doll. get it. Like, I much more rather have a cuddly little stuffed animal yeah. that I just like cuddle with at night. Or... Did you have a teddy bear that would sing? No, I did <gasps> have a teddy ruxpin though. I guess they sang technically. There was the... there was a there was this weird teddy bear that I would have, and I would I swear I would um, you'd press on the on the hand uh-huh. on the paw or whatever and it would just like sing with me sing with me that's all it would say no it, it would it would have a song oh <laughs> it, it was like he like, was just singing sing with it me it would say like playtime is a magical time and then it would say sleep with me or something like that yeah. like like it was very creepy that's weird i like i would love it and then at some point i hated that teddy bear it just would not be in the room after a while. Weird. Yeah. But there is what I still have one teddy bear that I hold dear. There's I have. One. It's so small. Yeah. But I hold dear. Well, it's because I think. What kind? Like, what does it look like? A little brown bear. Cute. Just little. Like, it's like the size of my hand kind no, of thing. No, yeah. That's so cute. No, I won't get rid of it. I think it's because. Uh, is it bro- still in, like, really good condition, too? Yes. Yeah. My my brother had it, and I had it. No one would uh, sleep with it. We would, we would it needed to be next to us, but no one would gotcha. cuddle with it. It gotcha. just needs to be there. Gotcha. No, so I have I have two, like, personal stuffed animal stories, and then I have my brother's stuffed animal story, which is hilarious. Mm. But my whole thing with stuffed animals was, like, I had I had an orange dinosaur. It was, like, a, like a what's it was like it had like like spikes all down its body and its okay. tail but it, it it was like upright so it had like so it like stood on two legs and it had okay. like two small hands or whatever is it an orange t-rex it, i guess but it wasn't a t-rex because it had the spikes mm. it had you know it had like a spine oh, yeah, or whatever okay, okay. but whatever but it was orange mm-hmm. and it had this little tag and so orange his name was dino or dino dino it was dino better Dino and he had this little white tiny little tag and like my falling asleep ritual was I would like cradle Dino Mm -hmm. and like rub the tag like between my fingers and it and I would like that was like that was just who that was what I did okay it was like I guess the equivalent of like sucking my thumb like that's what I did yeah and this tag was like super soft and like like almost non-existent it was just like all the writing on it was like gone Gone. and faded and it was like so soft from constantly being played with you know and then one day when I was like old or too old (laughs) it fell off it finally fell off and it was like the most devastating day of my life I mean I was I was old enough where I wasn't still doing that anymore yeah but I was just like, oh my god, it's like the end of an era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like For the sure. tag is gone. Dino's sure, tag dude. is gone. Um, and then I also have had and also have it like a purple moose. You had a purple moose. I had a purple moose really whose name was Tuki. No. And I and I asked my mom recently if I named it Tuki or if it was named Tuki. Like you know how like sometimes bear, like stuffed animals will come with a name yeah, or whatever. True. And I feel like my mom told me it was named Tuki that I didn't come up with it on my own. It's a cute name, which though. is fair. But I think but it was a gooned, you know, gooned. Mm-hmm. So super soft mm-hmm. and just like luscious. And this little tiny like purple moose that had like the moose antlers yeah. and like floppy arms and legs, you know, not it wasn't like stiff. It was just like it would just like hang there yeah, and yeah, just yeah. like oh, that was my guy. Tuki is my guy. I love Tuki Aww. so much. 
I love Tuki so much. And he's somewhere in my parents' house. I didn't bring him with the me. The thing is, I don't think I even named that bear. I never named it. I just needed it there. I would never That's fair. Yeah, it. I get that. It just needs to be in the crib. I get that. That's like my green, uh, not green. Oh, no, she is green. I have a green Build-A-Bear mm-hmm. that I built. It was like it was like a St. Patrick's Day promotion or whatever, yeah. but I love green. So I bought myself a green Build-A-Bear and named it Lorelei. <laughs> Because it's like an Irish name. <laughs> and there was like a vague Gilmore Girls connection, I guess. <laughs> but that was for me, like, she just sat there. Like, I'd never cuddled her. She was just so pretty to, like, look at, you know. Like, she would just <laughs> regally sit on my bed. Lorelai. Uh, so back to Simon yeah. and Ruthie? So <laughs> after Ruthie finished pulling heads off her dolls. um. Simon is like obsessed with golf. He like, got over magic out of guys. nowhere. Yeah, he's, he's no magic. longer trying to be a magician. Now he's all about that golf life. Let me remind you guys, Simon's eleven. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like the putter is taller than he is. Like, what are we doing? Um, he's into golf. He's like obsessed in a way that was like for me uncomfortable to watch. Mm. I don't know how you felt about it. It was just annoying. There, yeah, it was like, it was like, calm the fuck down, dude. Like, like the way he was acting like a total addict, addict about yeah. it. I was like, this is uncomfortable. Like, like it's one thing. Okay, so at church, he like takes a swing because he has like fidgeting or whatever, and he like knocks the ball it's into Lou's windshield. It's his dialogue. Like whenever he's talking Maybe. about like, um, you know, when it comes to the golf balls, right? And then he's like, and then Happy takes it. Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, it was tempting me. I don't think an 11-year-old says shit like that. It was a bit much. You know what I'm saying? When so, he's, like, staring at the ball and he's got the putter in his hand, he's like, oh, it's tempting. It's too tempting. And I was like, Aww. Yeah, no kid really acts like that. They either play or they don't. Yeah. And also, it's golf. <laughs> like, Serious. And he's, like, telling his mom how, I don't think Tiger Woods did it that way. Or, like, I, I bet you Tiger Woods' mom never told him to go sit in the car. with mm-hmm. You know, it's... Like it was that. like weird so he basically like breaks two windows he breaks yeah. lose windshield in the church yard because <laughs> he like had to swing his putter or whatever yeah and then and then they're in like one and then he gets punished for that he gets his rights taken away yeah and then but but they don't take his putter away which is half of the problem yeah. honestly i'm sorry annie and eric but like just take it away from him okay Did you really think that he was gonna control himself exactly at 11 exactly. come on it's like, it's like, I love how they're like, well, you can't go to the golf range, but keep your putter. Like, no, take the fucking putter away. Clearly, he can't be responsible. He fucked up a thing in the churchyard. Yeah. So then he fucks up their window in their room. And Ruthie takes the blame. Ruthie takes it. Like, just owns that. And then Simon's, like, racked with guilt about it. So eventually comes clean. Oh, but it was really funny whenever he's like, he's like, no, we have to come even because I don't want to. What does he say? Like, he's, he's like, there's like a power shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a dynamic power shift here. And we can't, we can't upset that balance. Such a little shithead. <laughs> so I'll put your heads back on your dolls. And Ruthie's like, I'm fine. Yeah. It's cool. I really don't want anything. Yeah. Which I was kind of waiting for her to, like, rip into him and be like ah this is what i want but she didn't she genuinely was like i don't find taking the blame yeah. i don't care but she, man she was so funny whenever um they come clean yeah annie and eric and um ruthie's like so am i still in trouble she goes yes because like you still lied yeah you withheld the truth and she's like whatever i was like that's the best just, it's like i'm still punished i yeah. guess whatever, whatever. <laughs> 
it's true. She's really cute. She does some weird, not weird. I don't, I don't mean weird at all. She does some like very particular face yeah. acting. Yeah, she does. That I, I find endearing. Like, I feel like it could so easily veer into the precocious mm-hmm. Shirley Temple yeah, of it all, yeah, yeah. right? But she somehow like reins it in also. And it's just really cute. I just like, think how she just didn't give a shit. Whatever. Yeah. Or or when or when Simon's like, can I do this for you? Can I do? She's like, really? I just don't want. It. And like she, you know, she has that look on her face of just like, just like child wonderment. I guess like she's just adorable. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever makes you feel better. Yeah. Like, she's, she's like, she's like, I shit. really don't want anything. Yeah. Like you know, like you're fine or whatever. It's just really cute. Um, but that's, I mean, that's really the crux of their story. There's really no story there other than no. to give them something to do. Nope. I guarantee golf will just, not come back just ever. Just comic relief. That's all yeah, it is. Yeah, like golf will not figure into Simon's storyline ever again, <laughs> if probably. that would be fun. Oh my God, I will die. Imagine he like grows up and he's like all about <laughs> golf and stuff. Like that's hilarious. Like remember that one time I broke a window, mom? Yeah, I'm breaking real windows now. <laughs> um... So, real windows as opposed to the unreal window he broke. What the fuck am I talking about? (gasps) Okay. (laughs) Okay, we have to talk about the scene. So, one of the only things I think we said out loud to each other, or I said out loud while we were watching the episode, was when Annie's going over the books, right? Oh, my God. And so, Eric (laughs) is, like, slaving over the stove, Trying. And these are and so so these are my actual notes, okay? Please tell me. I'm like, "Oh wow, Eric is cooking for real because I'm I'm watching him, he's like stirring a sauce, he's like doing actual cooking things, which yeah. you know, we've seen him prepare dinner before. It doesn't go very well." So I was like, "Oh wow, he's like really making dinner." Cut to Annie's right there. So I'm like, "Oh, clearly yeah. she's done this, right?" Cut back to there's a pot of water and yeah. he's like stirring it. And because because so much of television is like suspension of disbelief, I yeah. was like, okay, so maybe they didn't props didn't put anything in the water. But I was like, that's a weird. So I said out loud, is he just like stirring water? <laughs> <laughs> and then cut to Annie's like, I think you forgot to put pasta in that water. <laughs> that part was great. It was too good. It was too good. Because it was crazy balls. Like, of course, Eric sucks at cooking and he's useless. But, like, you voiced it and in my head I was like, this idiot is just stirring water? Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and, then, then, and then Annie voiced it, which is, like, yeah. the ultimate, like, validation, right, of that whole thing happening. It's so good. Um, do you have any other stray observations? I can't... I, the only the other thing I want to point out, I guess, is the old, like... The one word I keep seeing over and over again in my notes is, as I look back at them is weird. <laughs> or ew. Everything is like weirdo. This is weird. Ew. Weird. <laughs> like everything was what like was hitting weird? me. Well, Eric being a weirdo for like cooking, like stirring water without putting pasta in okay. it. Um, Lou being kind of weird. Like, yeah. you know, he's, he's like acting weird, you know. Yeah. Um, I wrote a giant ew at the end of my notes about the disgusting Coper situation. Uh, I don't know. Just like a lot of things was like weird about this. I also had this weird, weird feeling um, 
before Lou and his wife told sort of the whole story of why they took the money, like the details of it all, I was like, okay, so they found out that they have an autistic son. So Eric and Annie found out that Lou and his wife have an autistic son. I felt so frustrated with Eric and Annie. I was like, okay, fine. Now you meddled in these people's business. Now you know they have an autistic son. Like, and what? Like, what, yeah. what, like, what did you gain from this? You know what I mean? Like, useless fucking meddling. Yeah. And I understand that, that, that then there was, like, a bigger story to tell and whatever. Fine. It kind of sort of redeemed itself. But still, it's like, I'm so tired of the Camden people, like, Eric and Annie, namely, just, like, inserting themselves into, like, everybody's business. Yes. And, and I like that the show finds a way to, like, make it so that it's not completely out of nowhere right like in this case it's because church money went missing in another case it's because like the kid like the drug kid's gonna like jump off the roof and like call the reverend i guess or whatever the case may be drunk kid jumping off no the not roof? drunk what? kid i'm like what I, episode those, is those this two different things when the kid's gonna jump off the roof like okay call the reverend you know call god or whatever i guess like it's like the show is like finding ways to like make it feel natural but it's like at the end of the day you're just inserting the camdens and other people's drama yep. and it gets old yeah like it's so old it's kind of like what trouble are they gonna get into this week it's not even what trouble they're gonna no, get into trouble, in fact like in fact i would like rather it be John. that i would rather it be that i would rather it be that that the drama is surrounding eric and annie and then the other characters that we meet that are part of this world are in service of that, yeah. not the other way around. Like, yeah. how many more one-off randos are we going to have to meet that Eric inserts himself into their life and saves their day? And you almost want to be like, dude, how much time do you guys have on your hands, really? How much time do you guys have? I know, it's like you do meddle? know you have five children, Seriously, right? they're already <laughs> like, a handful. Apparently you have time to meddle into everybody else's life. life. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just like it's just like another annoyance for me of just like oh, I meddled again, you know. And in this case, this was like it felt a little bit better, I guess, because it is such a blatant like yeah. church money is missing. Clearly, there's something but wrong here. What would here. Seventh Heaven be about if it wasn't for the Camdens meddling? Well, it could be about their own drama. You know what I mean? Should have said that to them in 1997. I should or have. My ten-year-old ass should have barged. And one. And my, then two. And my then two. <laughs> and then four. And then five. Mm, keep going. And then six. And then seven. And then done. Oh, okay. <laughs> All those years. You should have said that to them. But no. No. My ten-year-old ass was just happy to be sitting there watching the show. My ten-year-old ass was probably waiting for Dawson's Creek to start. It didn't exist. It doesn't matter. I was probably waiting for it because I didn't watch it. Because <laughs> your teen heart was like waiting for it. Yeah, because I couldn't watch 90210 because I got in trouble for it. And then I waited for Risque. Dawson's Creek. I was just, you know. Wait, you didn't get in trouble for Dawson's Creek? You did. No, I got in trouble for 90210. Dawson's Creek, you think I told anybody? Oh. No, fuck that. I mean, I, I'm, like, a every... huge, I'm a huge Creek head. Like, oh, dude. Uh, so I like... loved Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I can still talk about it. I still remember like sophomore year of high school when I think that was the last year. I think that was. Oh, of the show? I was yeah, like, I think, uh, of high school? I, no. No. <laughs> no, I think it was the last season. I don't know. I think the show went from 98 to like 2002 or three. Sophomore year. Oh, yes, that's right. Sophomore year. Yeah. And I remember still, I still remember who I discussed Dawson's Creek with and how 
we were we liked the ending but also upset like i remember those conversations the ending is just they're watching a show that dawson is the showrunner of that is dawson's creek yes, right and joe and pacey, and pacey are on the couch and happy and yeah jen dies she dies, right? She has a kid, though. Yeah. With that blonde guy? Michael Pitt was his name. Yes. But what was it's his... him, right? Yeah, but what was his character's name? Oh, fuck. Name? I don't know. Shannon? Yeah. Like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Why did yeah. Shannon pop into my yeah, head? Yeah, Michael Pitt. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, Michael Pitt's Jack. Nope. Oh, okay. No. And Jack was with Joey, and then we find out that he's gay. Oh, yeah. I, was, I thought you meant he ended up with Joey. I was like, no, Joey yeah. ends up with Pacey. Yeah, Jack ends up with Pacey's brother. There we go. Yeah. I, <laughs> I couldn't remember. And they end up with. raising Jen's kid. There we go. Right? Or no, they have their own kid. Uh, bro, no, Who it's cares? too long. Who cares? <laughs> Did you, wait a minute. Did you want Joey? Well, okay, it's not even about that. No, I was a big Pacey fan. I really? totally shipped Josie. <laughs> I almost called him Joey, and then I realized what I was about to say, so I quickly corrected that to Josie. Interesting. Because okay. you can't do Pacey. That doesn't work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Pace Joe. <laughs> I, Joe I Pace. I can't remember his character's name, but I remember when Oliver Hudson was on the show, and I really liked mm. his character. Oh, I liked him, too. He was, he was the Joey love interest in college or whatever. Yes, I really liked character. I liked him, character. too. And then, of course, they turned him to an asshole, I think. No, didn't he just go like find himself? Like yeah. he went on a road trip or some shit, and Basically, he was gone. He said, Bye, Joey. Mm-hmm. I'm busy. Cause she was like wishy washy about him, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I'm all in. I'm making this up. I have no idea if this is even true." I, I feel like he was like, "I'm all in," and she's like, mm, "Nah." <laughs> I can't remember. All I know is that the only thing I can remember is how I felt about him, and I liked his character. I liked him too. That's Kate Hudson's, Hudson's brother. brother. Yep. I almost. When, when I started saying Kate, I was like, in my mind's eye, I saw Katy Perry, mm-hmm. which whose, whose name is Kate Hudson. Yeah. So I confused myself for that and for no reason. Anyway, any other stray Seventh Heaven observations? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I still don't know what I want to rate this episode, by the way. Should we do ratings? I feel like we're... I feel like we did it. <laughs> I definitely don't want to beat a dead horse. Yeah, I don't know about rating because, like, I mean, okay, obviously, Matt, uh, Matt, Simon, and Ruthie were definitely um, the comedy factor to this episode, which was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was entertaining because, like, it was annoyingly cute. So, well, Ruthie was just adorable with her. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, I, she just didn't give a shit, man. It was awesome. I know she was like so like whatever seriously in this episode like simon i'll just entertain you like get off my back is yeah what she was um calling him foolish you yeah. know hey, well you are a fool um I won't even say it like yeah. at the end you know and with you know eric and annie it was just annoying it was just annoying you mean with their Lou storyline yeah okay well the meddling you know, right, right, right. That, that that's what I meant. Right. Yeah, it was just annoying. But I mean, Lou's story wasn't bad. I think. No, yeah, it wasn't bad. Lou's story wasn't bad. I just don't like how they meddle, man. I don't know. It's just they have to do things differently. I think, or maybe the whatever. That's just me now. Ugh. Ugh, I'm gonna stop. Um, 
But the rest was good. The rest was good. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I want to give this episode. I think I want to give it... And I'm only speaking... Maybe I'm going to be too lenient. I'm... Okay. Because of the story of how they portrayed um, Matt, Lucy, and Mary, that whole thing, I'm going to give it a solid seven because there's still some things that annoy me. Mm -hmm. But that part in itself, I think, was pretty strong. And for once, it wasn't irresponsible. And yeah, I'm going to stick to that. It wasn't irresponsible. So I'm going to give it a seven. I'm on board, actually. I gave it a Mm 7.5 for almost everything that you said. So... The annoyances were the ending rushed, weird, like too many lines, weird, like wrap up, whatever, the meddling and sort of just like the overall like vibe, I guess, of like Simon's whole deal, like things I didn't love, right? Mm -hmm. Things I loved, the way that they executed the sexual harassment story, Mm -hmm in a way that did, didn't feel cheesy no. and didn't feel um, like predictable, you know, and like sort of like, here we go. This is the sexual harassment episode, you know, like. But I think the reason why we're saying that is because like we watched an episode so similar and it was in 2017 and this is 1998. Seven. Oh, eight. 1998. You're right. right? So like we're, wa- if anything, like we said in the 2017 episode of girls episode three season six whatever she painted the picture and i felt like 1998 show seventh heaven this episode what is it 12 yes episode 12 just literally showed you exactly what it is that hannah went through Mm -hmm. so the fact that it works maybe that's why it's it's pretty powerful yeah that's why yeah no i agree I think well executed on the stuff that matters. Yeah. Poorly executed on the stuff that doesn't matter. Yes. So it gets a 7.5 out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel good about that. <laughs> All righty. Well, um, before we wrap up, uh, we want to say, as we always do, uh, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can follow us at the number four heaven's sake pod on all the places or send us an email at for heaven's sake show at gmail.com. Um, preamble to next week's episode two thirteen. Um, I will be having a birthday sometime between the release of this episode and the release of the next episode. Well, I'm trying you. to be vague and not say exactly what day my birthday is, um, but it's a big one. So we're doing something kind of fun and special for 13. We're not saying what it is until we release it, yep. but it's going to be kind of like different and exciting. So stay tuned for that. You're going to like it. I think so. <laughs> we like it. <laughs> um, So, yeah, so that'll be fun. And as always, until next time, bye. See you later.